I'm like really fragile and also high today. Great. Yeah. How are you? Um, I'm also quite fragile. And high. And like, no, I'm just nauseous. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my IBS is for sure acting up today. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been like close to throwing up like all the time. What you, what's that? I, oh, yeah. And I tell you, I like almost threw up after I went jogging the other day. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, now we have to cut that out. <laughs> I, I always say these things that I know we have to cut out, yeah. but I just want to, like, torture you. Yeah, you're really good at that. I know. Um, I guess it's, like, part of our vibe now. I don't know. It's me, like, outing you. Yeah. This is, like, a toxic podcast relationship. Yeah. No wonder we broke up for two months. Yeah. Mm, but we're back. Yeah. We almost canceled it okay <laughs> it was so close to being canceled yeah it was like stupid close to eminent light of joy but now we're we're still going no we're, because we love it we love stronger, the podcast stronger than ever yeah no we first of all kiki and i literally love each other i mean i love you too <laughs> <laughs> um for context i was looking straight and deep into his eyes when i said that I was like, hi. <laughs> I was like, I love you. <laughs> but actually, you said we love each other. You didn't mm -hmm. say, like, I love you. So it's like, what am I supposed to say to that? Good point. Um, should we talk about what I'm wearing? Oh, yeah. M Michelle's dressed like <laughs> Jeffree Star. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a big style instructor. It's like this, me. like, white white like sweatsuit like matching matching sweatsuit like hoodie and sweatpants looks kind of like it's almost like neoprene it's not a great like fabric or cut it's definitely it's synthetic like, for it, sure it feels street wear -y, you know what yeah, i mean and it has like this like graffiti like <laughs> aesthetic with two dolphins kissing on the front with a pride flag inside a heart <laughs> and it says what does that even say? Heaven. Heaven. And what does it say on the pants? The pants also, also say, say heaven. heaven. And it's like yeah. pink and purple writing. Yeah. <laughs> with like gay hearts. Everywhere. It's like LGBTQ friendly <laughs> tracksuit. I feel like an LA uh, gay podcaster. Which is not far off. <laughs> yeah. I guess not. Uh -huh. mm. Yeah, you look very streetwear okay. vibes. Yeah. Um, I'm vibing. Yeah. Feels good. For me. I could also see Machine Gun Kelly wearing this. And I'm also this. smoking a pink weed. A pink weed. A pink. <laughs> you have a pink phone case. Um, I feel very spiritually attuned to Machine Gun Kelly. Like, stylistically, level of intelligence. Um. <laughs> cool. <laughs> we're, also, we're also drinking hard seltzers. Oh, we're fucking drinking seltzers seltzers yeah um i hadn't tried a seltzer before last friday because i je refused um, and we also we order them from like the gorillas app. yeah so <laughs> sana and i were having a discussion about this because i was saying that that's like a very lawful evil move mm -hmm. like i feel like seltzers are inherently evil and then to order them from the delivery lawful. app <laughs> yeah that's like <laughs> lawful evil she yeah. was saying it was neutral evil but or neutral, neutral, but I stand by my own. But I mean, plan. she was embarrassed about it, so. Well, that's why it's lawful evil. Yeah. Lawful evil is like the worst alignment ever. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sana, for outing you. Oh, we can cut this out. <laughs> no, we're leaving it in. We can like blank out the name. <laughs> we're leaving it in. No, we're gonna like start shit in our friendship if we leave it in. No, it's fine. She won't care. She'll find it funny. I hope so. 
Donna, if you're out there, we love you. So, yeah, we are um, here today. To talk about Blue, ba- Blue Bannisters, Lana's new album, which we have talked about the three pre-releases that she had before with like the, the, the Pixar album covers. Which uh-huh. I still like, don't understand that release at all. But like, I think y- Lana's in a really YOLO phase where she's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want because I'm actually like a master artist. I do think though, now having seen like the new artwork, that I do think it was maybe like some sort of weird oversight by her like PR team. Oh, you think it was possible? Y- yeah, because like I think if she went with that aesthetic and continued with it, then it makes sense. But like she didn't. True. Good point. I don't know what was going so on there. So I'm like now I'm like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because okay, because. When we were talking last time, we were like, oh, this is really aesthetically weak for her. Yeah, but I thought it was like a really purposeful choice. It, we thought it might have been a purposeful choice because she's a master and she's so specific yeah. and detailed about everything. But I mean, I also thought it's like kind sense. of hilarious. Like imagine her on her phone, like doing it herself. I can fucking see that. She does have that side to her. I feel like actually, also, this... like, you know, you, for, to get those filters, I think you have to pay for the premium version. Oh my God. Did she fucking buy three dollars yeah. <laughs> no, that's where so. the budget that's where the production yeah. budget's going to pixar yeah. uh, effects yeah <laughs> um no but i was thinking this sort of like basicness is something she's definitely channel like obviously at a much higher aesthetic level she's mm-hmm. channeling like that aspect of femininity in this album quite a bit mm-hmm. she has them like in the Arcadia video, she's wearing like these peasant tops that aren't like particularly styled. They just seem like Urban Outfitters peasant tops. You know what I yeah. mean? So there is like a, a surface level that I think she's choosing to stay at with like certain aesthetics in the mm-hmm. album, like intentionally. Yeah, kind of like white sundress. Yeah. Like golden our yeah soft sunlight mm. baking cakes with sisters kind of situation but like okay <laughs> actually let's talk about so blue banisters we both said it's like our favorite album of hers by far i i think so yeah i think i don't know i was just like when i was listening to it i just kind of thought like this is just like really good it's like, just good music i there wasn't like one song that i was like i'm not into this no it feels really timeless also. It's so it, timeless. It feels kind of as if she's like mastered what she's trying to do. I, you know, I'm exactly with you on that. I think she's grown a lot as an artist and I think we've mm. seen her growth like sonically and aesthetically. And I also think that this album is a lot about her like growth. I feel like Chemtrails was kind of like a transition album and it wasn't mm. so strong in my opinion. I mean, that's why she announced this so soon after. Exactly. Yeah. She was like, okay, I'm going to like get this out of the way. Yeah. And then she was like, no, but this is for real what's going on right now. Should I close the door? Yeah. But like, okay, so remember when I said that Chemtrails, I felt like Chemtrails was kind of like a goodbye in a sense. Mm-hmm. I actually thought she like wasn't going to return to music after that. But I feel like what she did is she like chrysalized mm-hmm. and metamorphosized. And like mm-hmm. a lot of that metamorphosis has been like from her previous like body of work, which included a lot of, I think, sensations of like longing and hollowness and like a sort of infantilized female pain, mm-hmm. like very Lolita sexuality uh, situations. Yeah. And I think she's like managed to sublimate and like kind of alchemize that female that like melodramatic female pain into like 
a sort of strength mm-hmm. that comes from like being able to express like her anger. I feel like these are the first songs where she talks about like anger towards men and like how much they hurt her and like her like finally finally finding um a sense of agency within like romance and love and like navigating the world as like a sensitive woman mm-hmm. she's turned a lot she used to be like very fragile you know what i mean and, like, and I, yeah and i feel like she's like really transformed a lot of that fragility into first of all like sexiness mm-hmm. and strength because that like and yeah she's not the submissive no person not yeah. at all and she's finding value like in sisterhood and friendships i feel like blue banisters is about that like because lyrically she talks about like dreaming of a man and her sisters being like you're not going to find everything in a man mm-hmm. but she does find that man and then he breaks her heart and then it's like her sisters who kind of like help her repaint the banister blue and like transform um the dream and like the broken dream of romance and mm-hmm. love into like a familiar and strong bond that fills that like emptiness Mm -hmm. yeah it it almost feels like she's kind of taking on this like it kind of almost it feels a little bit like a persona but also authentic at the same time like but kind of as if she's like not necessarily bitter about all of it but maybe like she's like you know dealt with yeah all this pain but she's like actually better for it exactly it's like it's a it's a, it's a total also, transformation didn't she, like of the just pain. break up with that cop i i like don't the crazy thing about lana is like i really don't know that much about her personal life at all i feel like her mm-hmm. social media is like kind of cryptic like i feel like she's really low-key about that stuff and it always makes me wonder like how her life and like her persona her personality must truly be because she's created this like consistent narrative Mm. of lana del rey like this consistent aesthetic character lana del rey and she's like matured and evolved and like explored like a huge range with that character Mm. and i feel like as an artist like you do need to sort of like put your like put your subjectivity in situations that like incite these you know what i mean like you have you have to develop yourself as an artist and the way you do so is like by having experiences mm-hmm. um and it makes me wonder like how much how her real life is like what kind of experiences she's actually putting herself through or going through in order to like create these stories mm-hmm. basically cuz i she's i don't know that much about her personal life yeah i mean it also doesn't feel necessarily like super important like it feels like she's like more of an old-fashioned celebrity type where you actually don't know stuff right isn't it crazy that there's we're like kind of in an era where um like having a product you are the product the celebrity no longer has to create a product like britney Mm -hmm. spears made music or actresses made movies the celebrity is the product that can then like market Mm -hmm. and sell like beauty products or something else so it's like fame now is gained for like revealing your personal life Mm -hmm. like i think reality tv is reigning because of that Mm -hmm. um and not so much so by creating the cultural product of exposing your personal life or a narrative of your personal life as opposed to like creating a work of art or like a work of music Mm -hmm. um and I feel like Lana's 
really not doing that. Like she hasn't sold her personal life at all. She's quite private um, and cryptic and stands by like this character of Lana, mm-hmm. which actually reminds me a lot of Dolly Parton. Because Dolly, mm. like, Dolly's never seen without, like, her full getup. Not that Lana isn't, but, like, and her husband is never seen. Like, she has a very, very private, like, personal mm-hmm. persona. And another character that she uses, like, as a public face. And I feel like Lana definitely draws a lot of sonic um, and thematic inspiration from Dolly. And, like, this parallel also makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm also getting, like, uh, I mean, from that, like, Arcadia video, like, I really, I don't know, got an image of, like, Priscilla Presley. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, because they're the, in the second version, right? Yeah, yeah, the alternate version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind of crazy that she released mm-hmm. two versions. Yeah, it's kind of like she has this, like, 50s, like, late 50s, early 60s style yeah. going on. Yeah. Which is, like... I don't know, funny, because the, the, sonically, the album doesn't fit into that era Except so for, much. I feel like, the um, which one, was that song? Oh, God, was that really good song? Dealer. Mm. I feel like in Dealer, the Janis Joplin vibes are kind of referencing that kind of 60s. Oh, but that would be like late 60s. True. You know? True. It's kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. But I think geographically, or like... I also get like, yeah, Janis Joplin, and then also like this like weird like almost the, I I can almost hear like the Beatles in some of the songs as like an influence. Yeah, she's like going back musically yeah. into a lot of genres. Like mm-hmm. the and album, each song like it's like they're all like very cohesive, but they all sound quite different. Uh huh. It's almost like she's just like perfected everything she's doing. She's yeah, truly perfect. I feel like also in her vocals mm-hmm. in this album i feel like her vocals have the widest range like i've ever heard from her yeah especially in dealer that like strength of vocals mm-hmm. like i've never heard that from her she's usually like very whispery and soft and mm-hmm. fragile like which she's still doing but yeah she's still doing not, but, that like she's broadened for sure uh-huh like beautiful i think sounds is one of the songs that sounds most like her usual music I feel like Beautiful could have been in a previous album, mm-hmm. but it's for sure like um, like an iteration of yeah. her usual type. And then she does a lot of like m- instrumental exploration in this too. Like she has some s- such beautiful like piano mm-hmm. situations and like the strings in Dealer when she's singing the chorus are just like, oh my God, that song like fucks me up. Mm-hmm. That song like broke my heart. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Um, also, that interlude. Oh my god! Yeah. In Arcadia. Yeah. Okay, so I I kind of let's like dig deeper into the two Arcadia music videos. Yeah. Because there's the one that you were talking about, which is the alternate version. Mm-hmm. And there she's like swinging. She's like in this white, lacy like Priscilla Presley vibes dress. Um, her hair is like quite dark brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like a white picket fence behind her, and the sunlight is very like golden, misty. And it's backlit. It's backlit, and it's like this idealistic, mm-hmm. like paradise. You're getting that like solar flare in the lens. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, like very romantic, 
almost like rococo sunlight yeah and her on the swing set yeah exactly it's definitely like reminds me of a rococo what's that rococo painting the famous one of like the girl on the swing swing. yeah yeah i think it's just called the swing probably yeah definitely like those vibes Mm -hmm. um and there's like it's just her in the music video. And then with the, like, kind of fluffy dress. Yeah. This, like, big, lacy, fluffy, country, yeah. 60s dress. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then at the end, she, like, flicks the camera off, which is so fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I barely even noticed it. It's Actually, that's one thing I like, really hate about YouTube is, like, the thing where all of the shit pops up at the end. You know? Yeah, that's, like, a... That's, like, definitely... Uh, a symptom of like YouTube wanting you to just continue watching content instead of like uh, yeah I think a, a work of art doesn't work on YouTube obviously for that yeah reason. I mean it's like why didn't you let me finish the video I know the end was important yeah the last motherfucking second because also they probably didn't even think about that in their editing they were probably just like oh yeah this is the beginning this is the end and yeah. then they don't think like oh actually 10 seconds before the end there's going to be this fucking annoying pop up I know and I think actually most content creators are modifying their content to like fit those weird like YouTube yeah. uh, commercial standards mm-hmm. and it sucks. And I'm glad that their teams didn't do that because it's like you can tell when something is made to like algorithmically succeed mm-hmm. or like to work on specific platforms. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think she's thinking about that, which is like crazy because what you're saying about like it's the album is number one in Holland, which is kind of funny. Like I never crazy. would have expected that. No, and it's number eight in the world. On bill on the Billboard two hundred. That's kind of insane because mm-hmm. this is not pop at all. Yeah, it's. I don't think anyone. I. I just. I can't really think of anyone who's doing music like this. Maybe I'm just not aware of like more mainstream stuff. But yeah. like. I don't know. I think when there, if there is like music that's like not like super poppy and commercial, and it is in the mainstream, it's usually never like that good. Yeah. I, I find like Bonnie anyway, Bear. Yeah, and it's like all a bit corny. <laughs> yeah. But this, but this doesn't is feel. Real. This is like yeah. profound music. Mm-hmm. It's like complex, profound lyrically, instrumentally, mm-hmm. everything. And like, so it's crazy. So I work at a coffee shop. And they play like this kind of Dutch MTV all day. It's mm-hmm. just like music videos all the time of like whatever the top 40 is. And they mix like Dutch stuff with like American stuff. And it's usually like Doja Cat or like mm-hmm. TikTok music, stuff like and that. Ariana Grande. Yeah, exactly. Like the big ones. Occasionally like a mm-hmm. Rihanna throwback. Um, but Lana's been playing on there. Like this album. Yeah. Blue Bannister is played on there, which was like kind of like visually shocking compared to like the neon like hyper visuals of the rest because mm. every other music video is like so formulaic and it's all in these like crazy sets and it's like if it's a rap video it's just like someone rapping with like a bunch of you know what i mean it's, yeah like 3d yeah this kind of like um i guess like wop aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's like yeah. they make these crazy ass like baroque environments just that is like so glossy it makes your brain like explode mm-hmm. with um serotonin <laughs> yeah i'm like really over all of that shit yeah i can't I, it's i can't anymore it's it gets like i think it it's sensory overload it gets mm-hmm. like exhausting to back watch. to basics 
Let's go back to <laughs> white picket fences. Oh yeah, American that's another apparel. thing. Like this album is so white. Yeah. Lana Del Rey is so white. I mean, except for like this chorus she has going on, that has a bit of a gospel vibe. She does actually. It. When I say that, I mean the aesthetics are so white, but like, so yeah, many, no, she's always a, a had like rap influences. references. Yeah. yeah, she had the hype man in that other album. Yeah, like, yeah. she's like consistently done the yeah. hype man. She does like a lot of like collabs with mm-hmm. rappers. She has trap a lot of trap beats in mm-hmm. uh, Honeymoon. You, in that interlude, that's like a trap. Beat, okay, right? the interlude yeah. is so and okay. It's like a Western vibe going on in that too. So yeah. it's like. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's really white, but that's because she's white. She's so white. Uh, <laughs> but she is, like, also, I feel like she is creating the modern iconography of America, in mm-hmm. a way. Like, she she picks up on historical references and status quo references and really has an eye for the quality of, like, iconic. Yeah, I mean, I. but then again, it is definitely missing, like, a more of a overall worldview but it's like she i mean she can then again she's like talking about her own experience she's talking about her own life yeah it's like she, it'd be it would actually be even worse if she was like trying to talk about someone else's experience that's what i'm know? into she's like yeah. she's very culturally specific and i feel like in an environment of like hyper globalization mm-hmm. cultural specificity and like grasping onto these objects of cultural specificity is really important like it's really interesting you know, there's I there's a problem. Inclusivity is like overall a great endeavor, mm-hmm. but something that happens with the corporatization of inclusivity is like a kind of whitewashing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where like any elements of cultural specificity are erased. It's kind of gentrification. Like yeah. when a neighborhood that has like a microculture created by like the lived experiences of the residents becomes like uh completely washed over by like the uh what's it called like the monoculture mm-hmm. of capitalism essentially and i think that having music that references like cultural specificity is really like feels really concrete and real and deep in a way that a lot of music doesn't mm-hmm. and i'm into that and she uses that she uses like grittiness and specific items it mm-hmm. is about whiteness for sure yeah and i've always wondered about her use of like black references mm-hmm. i mean yeah then there's the whole asap rocky yeah thing and when she did like the low the like the the paradise video Oh, with yeah, the, she was like a chola, model? the black albino model, and she was like a chola the whole time. Oh, really? she was like oh. referencing an LA chola. Oh my god, <laughs> I like don't know what she's doing with that. <laughs> yeah, I that's when I stopped listening to her actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And also that whole like that video, what's that guy's name? Sean something. Sean White, I think. No. Yeah. No. I think it might be. Is it Sean White? I think so. Yeah, but the the black albino. Yeah, yeah. he um. Model. Like, that video that he was in was just, like, really... I don't know. It was all, like... It was, like, going towards that kind of very Katy Perry aesthetic, I would say, maybe. Oh, true. It was very, like, La Chapelle. Because also, wasn't he in that Katy Perry music video, Was too? he? I can't remember. 
But maybe that's when Lana was going like more industry. Wasn't I don't know. He in the in the ET music video. I feel like maybe, but I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was him. And I don't know, it just that was all a bit weird and that whole period in time. Then I stopped listening to her until basically the last two albums maybe. Yeah. Uh did you listen to Norman fucking Rockwell? I mean, yeah. It's so good. But it was my favorite album before this one. She's actually had so many. It's like actually I almost forget which one's which. She's such a prolific artist. Like she's really worked on her craft mm-hmm. and grown. Like, has she ever done a doc? Has she ever done a documentary? I don't think so. Okay, that's such a good sign because you know all these people, all these hoes who have like Netflix documentaries are such industry sellouts. Oh, you mean like the Lady Gaga five foot four? Oh my god, and the Taylor Swift one. I haven't watched that. Oh my I kinda want god, to, the Taylor. You have to watch the Taylor Swift one. Although I have to say the Katy Perry documentary. Okay, that one stole my heart. Yeah, no, <laughs> that one. That one's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was a hater, but now I'm like. That She's yeah, I remember like seeing. Wait, I don't know if I said this before on here, but like I saw that in the cinema, like yeah. w- when it came out. Oh my god! And me, like I went to like visit my friend in Scotland. She was like studying there, and we like went to the cinema, like a group of us, and we got like those like slushies, and we put vodka in them, mm-hmm. and we were all like crying in the cinema. Oh my god. <laughs> That sounds like an iconic experience. Yeah, no, it was great. But I, I, that, I think that was just done really well because it really, it really humanized her. And I think she is also like, I mean, Katy Perry is just like a very like relatable person. So mm-hmm. I think it just like worked really well. Whereas I think like when Lady Gaga does a documentary, it like becomes. It was like she was acting the whole time. Yeah, she's so camp, 24-7. Yeah. And then, like, you know, she made the song about, like, Joanne. And oh, my she God. Goes, and then she, like, played it for her dad. And then and then she played it. No, she played it for her grandma. Grandma. And then the grandma was kind of like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, Lady Gaga was, was like, like... And she's like, Grandma, do you you like it, right? Like, I know, it was, it was so awkward. And she's like, I did it for Joanne. And it's like, bitch, you never knew she's her. Like, oh, I know. It was like so uncomfortable. It's like, that's my dead daughter. Like, yeah. what are you doing, bro? Yeah. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah. And then the whole time she's like, I'm in pain. She's like getting massages. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, bitch, you didn't know her. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Have you listened to Joanne? Yeah, I mean, like, but also the song that's actually called Joanne yeah. is like, doesn't make any sense. Oh my God. <laughs> Lady Gaga. What are you doing, Stephanie? Um, Can I take a break to roll a joint? Um, I've become so good at rolling joints. <laughs> I've really mastered it lately and I'm really proud of myself. Congrats, Queen. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, wait, what, what were okay. those things? That- so I'm obsessed with Arcadia. And I'm obsessed with the, not the alternate I, version of the music video, but the real one. I wasn't like, oh, wait, yeah, no, I have ideas again. Um, <laughs> Love. Sorry. No, but I, I actually really was not that into Arcadia as a song. Really? When I first heard it, I also thought the music video was kind of funny. Yeah. Like, with her, like, doing this, like, awkward dancing and this, like, fake laughing. Yeah. And stuff. I thought it was sexy as fuck. You did? I did. Yeah. I just found it a little bit, like cringy but i kind of i kind of now the more i watch it i'm like it's kind of cute yeah i think it's cute i think it's really her coming i think it takes like a lot of i think it's a it's an it's an archetype of like the woman dancing on her own i feel like i've seen it in films a lot and it's like it's like a sign of female interiority it's like 
like female pleasure and like female expression <laughs> it's so hot like i just thought it really it you know that that the bit the thing of scarlett johansson in that netflix film you know the one with the marriage one yeah i hated that fucking does movie the dance which one i can't remember it, this is like it became a meme and someone put like uh the city girls oh my god that's <laughs> so funny no but there's like a see there's like a yeah. thing there's like a trope about like yeah. white women like like I, like women white women past their 20s like dancing in this like yanni way you know what yeah. i mean it's like i'm like a fucking woman yeah. <laughs> i'm an adult woman <laughs> it's like Finally. no longer like girly dancing it's yeah. like a full-bodied kind yeah. of like sexy uh <laughs> also yeah you know the bit where it's like it switches and she's like it's like they've done this projection like on her body and yeah it's like the stars behind her and the I, city it, on her chest yeah it was like really reminding me of like the sophie music video which is so it's crazy okay because to cry with the like the sky yeah and the, it's the like topless thing and it's like because Sophie's video was also an expression of femininity. Yeah. Like, and I do feel like, because uh, Lana also had like an astrological thing projected onto her chest, like, um, like a constellation. <laughs> astrological thing. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, constellations are in astrology and shit. And I it's know, like, yeah. there's, I feel like the connection of like a female with a sky and like mm. a projection on her body is kind of like the landscape of a of a female body mm -hmm. um and in that song lana talks about like how she's not from the west and she's not from la mm -hmm. but like kind of the 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 highways and the roots of la are like burned into her soul and like her body san bernardino i feel like this relates to a lot of like i have this general theory that like california is the center of the world mm -hmm. um where like they all media and the American the visuals of the American dream is created in Los Angeles and California. And that's a lot of the imagery of like American utopianism mm -hmm. and American aspiration that's projected to the rest of the world. It makes sense. It's like always sunny. And if you meet people from exactly, it's always sunny. Yeah. It's like beautiful weather, LA glamour. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like in during the in the united states history it was like manifest destiny and california was also painted in this similar lighting that lana uses it's like mm -hmm. golden like uh california golden hour mm -hmm. lighting over like these golden fields mm -hmm. i feel like she's really drawing on that imagery and on that history of california and how much it's like burned into our psychic and how much like our internal landscape becomes like a map of the West. And then, I mean, it's also funny how she's being so literal about that. Yeah. Like saying, you know, what was the lyric? Like, my body is a map of LA. Yes. And she's like literally it's projecting roads. Yeah. Like on her body. But isn't it crazy that like the image for Los Angeles is like these highways? Mm -hmm. That's like, oh, but anyways, it makes me really think of Joan Didion's body of work because mm -hmm. Joan Didion... Jodian, Joan Didion's family is like a historic California family. Like they migrated. Mm -hmm. They were one of the first like settlers who did like the whole, I forget what it's called, but the Oklahoma Trail or whatever, you know, when they went with the wagons and like settled California. Appalachian Trail? No, that's no, different. Something else. That's on the East Coast. <laughs> um, and she writes a lot about like this California history. And then in Slouching Towards Bethlehem, she writes a lot about like, 
California isms and like kind of the dark side of the 60s like free love movement mm -hmm. and like the detritus of that she really Joan Didion really works quite well with like the iconography of California and also New York um, mm -hmm. and these two cities being kind of like a like a center for America um, and I feel like I don't know there's a lot about the imagery and the lyricism in this album that like reminds me of Joan Didion's like construction of California and like the world's construction of California as like this Western utopia. And incidentally, Arcadia is a city close to LA. It's kind of like a suburb of LA. Okay. It's like a valley city. But Arcadia is also like a historical word for utopia or paradise mm -hmm. where there's like a unity with nature. So I feel like she's so intelligent, like so um, succinct. Bleh, we're going to cut this out. Succinctly? N like it's just like the perfect metaphor mm -hmm. or like the perfect overlaying of like the utopia of Arcadia with like the landscape of California. Mm -hmm. I'm so into that song. And then like the interlude in the end. Of yeah. The I, I think the interlude's like the best thing on the whole it's album. The, it's so good. It's so unexpected. Yeah. I kind of wish she did a track that like, you know, that like it went, it was, went from the interlude and then into a track that was like, that vibe but yeah, she didn't she didn't yeah but the fact that she placed it at the end of like the first or like the other arcadia like the official mm -hmm. arcadia music videos like with her dancing in just like this yellow shirt and mm -hmm. jeans like her style is like nothing specific or glamorous like yeah. she used to like there's no it's gowns a, or nightgowns funny the in the video like she switches into like a vhs camera when that True. comes on. That's very, like, classic Lana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she always did that. She, like, very um, video I, games. That's what I was kind of admiring about this new album was that she wasn't doing that, like, it, almost, like, super obvious. Yeah. Aesthetic. It's like, this is still obvious, but it's not... It's refined. Yeah, it's more refined. And yeah. it's, like, it feels more contemporary, but also, at the same time, timeless. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, like, a really good note that she's mm -hmm. stricken it's mm -hmm. very much of the time like mm -hmm. she's talking about very relevant references i was thinking also about like um about the politics of america currently like this sort of political war between central america and coastal america and like the libs and the conservatives mm -hmm. and stuff like that and how a lot of that is like the cause of um the decay of central america like the concentration of wealth mm. in the coastal cities and like the decay of the industry of central america and how that's created a lot of like wandering disillusioned people like have you seen all gas no breaks right no oh it's really good but it's like this guy who um kind of like travels to these weird places in America. Like he did one about Florida. He goes to like um, Trump conventions. He goes to like anti-mask rallies and stuff like that and kind of interviews people in a, like a really interesting way where he's not judging them. He's just kind of like showing the world what like American thought and culture is like right now. Okay. Um, or like, you know, the opioid crisis lookbook Instagram? No. It's kind of a similar thing. It's like documenting like yeah the 
damage of the opioid crisis through like showing like memes and specific videos and like aspects of visual culture that like Mm. reflect this um and i think i think there's like a situation in the american psychology where we're becoming more aware of this like middle america so or like there's uh, there's a lot of like aesthetic power in what's going on in that scene politically you know what i mean with like the alt-right and yeah and like the people with the guns and storming the the capital and Mm. stuff like this and i do find the way that she's like incorporated a bit more of these like rural country references she's like incorporating that new iconography of america into her songs and like producing or like creating um the contemporary mythology of america like based on its historical yeah and she's really i don't know yeah she's really trying to remove herself from like the other side of popular culture where it's like i mean like the kardashians yeah like it's like overly polished aesthetic and like body shapewear and like all that like it's like the complete antithesis of that totally and whole aesthetic i know we didn't want to talk about her body but i think it is like kind of interesting to mention that her body is not made into a product in the way that it's so uh central in popular culture today Mm -hmm. every like this there's like this explosion of plastic surgery and the and the analysis of people's plastic surgery that we've talked about in our Lori hill episode where the kardashians created this new hollywood where the body is the product like as opposed to the music being the product or something else and i think women in the media industry have been historically like um forced to like commercialize their bodies and Mm -hmm. shape their bodies in like a commercially viable format and she's not doing that at all like she's sexy dancing like in like and not like caring Mm -hmm. about yeah she's wearing like an american apparel bra yeah for sure and jeans and just like yeah she's not shaping her body in any particular way and i think that's like a really fascinating departure from from pop culture from the center Mm -hmm. of pop culture and still she manages to chart like number one in holland number eight that's insane like Mm -hmm. That's uh, I, I don't. That's like gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I also think with the facial stuff, like with the plastic surgery she's doing, it's almost like she's toning it down. Oh yeah. A bit. Yeah, because you said that like her nose changed from the yeah from the two versions of Arcadia. Yeah, and like. Her lips are still big, yeah, but yeah. they're not the same kind of... Yeah. They don't look as overdone. And she has a little bit of, like, pillow face, I guess. But, yeah. like, I, it does seem like she's trying to tone it down a bit and she's almost trying to look more normal. I think you're... Like, because her look before was very much about, like, the, the construction of beauty and glamour, yeah. like, the Hollywood construction mm-hmm. of beauty... And I think that she was using plastic surgery then almost like conceptually, like making herself into the, like doing the Hollywood thing of like making yourself into an icon mm-hmm. or like into this Hollywood construction of beauty. And now she's going to the softer, yeah, like you said, more normal, more natural, like mm-hmm. kind of moving away from the Hollywood hollywood and hollowness of that situation Mm -hmm. and then i mean that makes so much sense with like the how 
this album sounds and like yeah. the themes that she's discussing it's like yeah she's like definitely moving away from that it's like yeah this kind of going home yeah total home vibes mm-hmm. because like the architecture of the whole thing mm-hmm. or like you you get these specific architectural references mm-hmm. like the banisters and yeah. like the banisters in her album cover and like these references of home or like the specific reference of like a john deere truck yeah like that's such a country ass reference mm-hmm. it's only people who like live in nature that have like the tools for dealing with nature <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that was like. I didn't. I didn't get that reference mm-hmm. until I saw the music video. And then you were like, and then she's like, literally sitting on a John, John Deere truck as she's saying those sexily words. though. She's like sexy yeah. with yeah. her cowboy boots on the John yeah. Deere. I love that visual so fucking much. It's so funny how that video is so literal. Like I know. Yeah, it's like everything that's mentioned in the song is like, like one to one. Yeah, it's like as they're painting the banisters, she's painting the banisters. Wait, and, which is, you know what? It's kind cake. of great because all these things are actually metaphors, mm-hmm. but they're metaphors situated in a reality that she's living or she's like, mm-hmm. she's concretizing the metaphors. Yeah. In, in a really astute way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Lana. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Um, should we do our outro? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you didn't need to say that. We could have just been like, hey, see ya. Um, see ya. Yeah. Um, That's it for today. Oh, yeah, but yeah, we kind of changed our schedule a bit, I guess. Like, we're less frequent. Yeah, um, good point. We're, we have to do some, like, business notes, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to be making episodes three times, three every three weeks. Ish, yeah. Ish, or every four weeks, something like that. Yeah. Um, but we're also going to be rolling out some interesting shit in the coming yeah. months and so watch out. doing some other projects with mm-hmm. multi-female mega mix. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Love you, babes. Love you. Bye. Bye. Mm.